Welcome everyone to Inquisitive Minds and welcome to our ninth episode. And we are very happy to be here. Um, some more than others, but we'll get into that. Um, we have some lovely ladies with us tonight uh, that I want to introduce first. No, I may introduce the other hosts, but um, we're doing it a little bit different tonight. So I want to introduce the ladies who we have, and I'll explain why in a little bit. So I'm just going from my left-hand side and making new rounds. So first, I want to um, say goodnight and say hello to Sienna, please. Hi, Sienna, how are you doing? Hi, Brandon. I'm good. It's a pleasure good. to be here. All right. So you all might remember Sian and these ladies from our last Love and COVID episode. So we actually invited them again. And thanks for being here. Secondly, I would like to say hello to JJ, JL, Valdez. How are you doing? Hi. Hello. Hi. 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 Um, and thirdly, we have... The, my other creative friend in the room, Maria Lewis. Hi, Maria. How are you doing? Hi, Brandon. I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right. Excellent. And last but not least, we have asked first time ever another a guest that we had on our last show to return because of the interesting conversation that we had and we thought she would fit in very nicely with this conversation. Hi, Ruana Heens. Hi, Ruana. How are you doing? Hi, Brandon. I'm good. So why I had to get the first name, last name? Government name treatment though. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so you're good. Yeah. I'm good. Good night. So it's great oh, to be nice. with you all. Nice. Excellent. And of course, I want to introduce the other host, um, the social sage himself, um, Abana Philosophy, Massacre. How are you doing, sir? I I great like our cool slow horse. I I real good. I am um I'm trying. I'm really trying. It's too early in the episode to be choking back laughter, right? But all I'm saying is you call out your man whole name, right? All them warrants and people going through the Facebook and the LinkedIn and saying now they know exactly where to go. Well played, sir. Well played. I didn't mean to do that. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to introduce the guy who kind of keeps us in line, who makes sure that, hey, we're making sure we do what we're supposed to do. Right, uh, DJ Aaron 868, the analytical, the creative. How are you doing, my lord? Um, I'm always great and I'm never late, yeah, never ever, really ever, 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 yeah, yes, it is true. <laughs> yeah, but he, he great, like, um, cheese and cheese paste, great, you know, that that that's soft, great now, not like the carrot, great in the cool slow. I just turn it no, all day, no, it's yeah. um. You know, you introduce everybody up every episode. You know, we want to introduce you, Brendan James, the mastermind behind this project that is Inquisitive Minds. What's up, Brendan? Thank you, sir. I am good, you know. I, I am good. I am learning to work from home today. I don't know how some <laughs> do it. I don't know. Welcome. Welcome. Enough respect. Uh, yeah, today was a weird one for me, but I am good. I can't complain at all, at all, at all, you know? So nice. guys, I have we have this interesting episode where we have some women who we have a lot of respect for, who are leaders in their own space from education to in areas of creativity, mental health and negotiations, uh, each special in their own background. But we want them to ask us questions. You know, we started off with this first episode, love any time of COVID, right? So we're doing it as a part two. However, the name of this episode is uh, Only Man Does Really Love. You read it. What? So this okay. is a phrase that I got yeah. from, <laughs> and I said I'll give him credit for it. Um, you gonna do that? You gonna do it? Oh my. The original. Oh, wow. Um, Genius Ninja from mm. Village of Belief. Crazy mm. uh, Mother F.N. Antoine. Big <laughs> up to the boy Biff. Who gave us on this in our 20s that only men does really love. I wouldn't say the rest of the phrase, but I'll get myself in trouble. All right? And he told me to say, he told me to say this. He said, how you know only man is love is because... In the Bible, they said, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. See, that's how much men does love. 
right? So <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wish I could yeah. see Queen. So, <laughs> so I'm making sure I give credit to Queen. Thanks, Chris. Um, so yes, I'll start off um, guns blazing. But uh, I'm leaving the floor open to you ladies to ask us uh, your questions. So I hand over the Reen's day. Perhaps. All right. Well, I will jump in. <laughs> Normal. Um, so this is a twofer. How many times, if any, have you been cheated on? And can you forgive infidelity? Um, let me jump in first. I'll take this one, firstly. Um, yes, I have been cheated on. I think a total of two times. Could I forgive infidelity? I am still not sure because as much as time has passed since that has gone by, I don't think I fully forgave the two young ladies that committed that act. And maybe it's because after that, I found out that was the end of the relationship. Where's that card away? <laughs> What's going on there? All right. Um, yeah, so I think I never fully forgave them because of the time that passed, but for now, I don't, I don't think I could tolerate that within my relationship because it's something that I will not give up. Thank you. Standards, we like. Yeah. Gentlemen, Ricardo. Uh, Ooh, Ricardo bring another. Huge drink there, bro. Yeah, boy. Confident. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Excuse me. Wow. Listen, call. it's um... tickling. <clears throat> Uh, I had to pull out a bottle of the twelve year old I have put on here. Um, that is not the last time I got one. Because that's a, a, a serious question. Huh? Um, wait, you know what? We we get that kind of question because men want to antagonize the the horse. About only man does love. Go but, ahead. Um, right. So how many times? I I can't tell him. I I legitimately, honestly, cannot tell you because one. I had mastered intentional naivety after my first, first, first experience. I talking about literally my first girlfriend, right? We went cinema for a double header, and by the time I come back from the the cafeteria during um, between the two movies, she was beacon with her next man two rows behind. So I literally start my relationships with the first-hand knowledge that you blink, you're blind. That's why I know. You blink, you're blind. Just now, Ricardo. Go ahead. The fact that he said it was a double-header movie... That is tell you how long ago it was. That is tell you how long ago this was. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> right? And let, let, let me put it this way. I So my, first, my initiation into this thing was, listen, brother man, relationships fickle, the heart is a contrary thing and the body is something else entirely. Wow. If you're in the game, you could lose. That's just the rules. Once you're in the game, you could lose. So in terms of how many times I get on, sorry, cheated on, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, could, I, I could safely presume that for every relationship I've been in, there's a possibility I could have been cheated on. The only thing that would have limited that would have been the integrity of the young lady I was with. So can you forgive infidelity? Uh, well, let me just say, even the individual from that cinema um, incident, we still talk. We good. The, the, the premise is, I get it. It's a lot of the times people do things. It's not that they're doing you something. They're seeing about themselves and you are affordable collateral damage. So you know what? Yo, <laughs> I could forgive it. That does not necessarily mean that I'm going to allow it. You make a choice, you know. You listen, people make mistakes and people make choices. I could understand mm-hmm. the context of infidelity, and that's where you would weigh it. But for me, Jed, I, I, I cannot cool, you know. Once you realize you going outside, you stay outside. You know, I mean it has something out there that have more value than what it have inside here. So look for it. Would I forgive it? Yes. Will I stay in it? Right. So that's what I was gonna right. ask. You know, like you would forgive it, but you're not mm-hmm. you're not gonna move on in yeah. 
that relationship. That's a deal breaker. Yes, I'm not playing that. I have tried very hard, very hard over my very dubious past and very challenging present to have never committed infidelity, to never cheating, never warning. I could listen if the father come. No, I could say, but a man, if it's one thing you can't call my name in, except for you know the um, adultery of the eyes and the heart and all them kinds of things. But um, I mean. But in terms of to actually consciously, cognitively pursue and engage or slip and fall into a situation, no, <laughs> I don't know. Well who done. Well I don't done. care who, who, who know, but no, I, I'm not playing that. You trying to kill me out here? It had things out here killing people. Do you think it, you're a unicorn in that regard? No, no, I don't think I'm a unicorn. But I know one people aren't gonna believe that for mental strong and say, well, I never cheat. I never want. I never even kiss somebody outside of a relationship. From the time I could go outside, I am gone. That is my mentality. I, I, if I could horn you, I could leave you, and I'm not putting you through that. And I know for a fact that you know what? Maybe it was a conscious decision from the beginning. But for a lot of my brothers now, I could say that they have men who grow into that. So that that horning thing that becomes some kind of standard and you know uh, circumstance a relationship thing. I don't play that. I'm not playing it at all. If I get one, I am gone. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I, like I know. It. I I could. And the thing is, I'll for I'll forgive you, you know. But it just have a, a standard that I want set in my relationship. If we together, and you can't keep the one rule. And when I say rule, the fact is, if you're in an exclusive relationship, well, then <laughs> it had to be exclusive. So, yo, if if the grounds on which we together do, you know. Uh, fluid. Well then, flu. Mm. Zoom. Flu. Kaka. Um, what? And you? We could, I could skip this one. Or <laughs> oh, anything yeah. you want to do. Why? Okay. <laughs> oh, see, I want to see. I want to know why. I'm gonna put it like this, right? <laughs> I'm not sure if women understand how that burden is burden. I can remember where I was when the confrontation happened. I remember downstairs the mall had popcorn and I could smell yes. it. Yes. I remember how the light was coming through the main doors. Wow. Uh, it was shining on both of us when I did the confrontation. It's like it's like a star in my mind. And there was a, a period of time. I mean, I walk in the darkness for a little while after that before I kind of find the light. That is as much as I could see on that. It was it was not um uh pleasant time. Ooh. But could I forgive? I did. I, I did forgive. Did I heal as a whole different thing? I think Pain there's enough. a fine line between forgiveness and healing. And maybe it wasn't forgiveness in the first place if I didn't heal. So um yeah, so I mean, and then I live my life by that, that kind of balance now. So I try to make sure I do I do both. Um, I give and heal. And let me wrap that feelings up and push it back down into my heart. See me after. Um, I, could, <laughs> I, I could add something there to what, what um, Zoom just said. Yeah. Zoom, how you talk about the, the remembering the exact moment. Let's just say I have never gone back by that barber since. Wow. Yo, to, 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 to add on. To add to that, right? Correct. Correct. That, yeah. That burns so deep. Mm-hmm. I did not go into a cinema for fifteen years after that, you know. Jeez. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. I did not set foot in a cinema for fifteen years after that. Maria is shook. You know, theaters her life. I want to watch movie where I could see what's going on. I could see what's going on. I could see where they change seats. All them snacks I spend money on, and I eat all on Gateway. No. So basically, what, what was the name of the two movies all I went to see? What I can't fire? remember. It was I, a double. I remember everything else. I can't remember that. Because <laughs> you think the movies count after that? Titanic and Congo. I walk in. I went into the cinema in a relationship, and I left single. Titanic and Congo. I don't. Titanic. Look, go give me a chance here. I. Titanic, what's that? What's that? Everybody knows that. No, I. Fifteen years before I walk in a cinema, it's because them snacks was expensive too. 
I feel like we also need to just explain to the viewing public what a double header is. I'm not sure everybody will understand. Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. I think we need to take it there because, um, you know, it was a normal thing. Yes, for us. Yeah, yeah. We used to see not one, but two movies. At movie. the same time. At the same time. For half the cost of what we pay now. Intercession. Between the two, yeah. Intercession and, then, and hot popcorn. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 You talk any things there. Talk any things. An expensive Snickers. In a brown bag. bag. Oh, in a brown bag. Brown bag. Yes. And it didn't have more than one size, eh? If no, I remember correctly, it was just popcorn. It yeah, it was just popcorn, yeah. Popcorn, a dollar and fifty cents, popcorn. I mean, we have had wrong back. Wanna cry, wanna cry, good times. Save my good allowance, no. Oh, boy. But you whole second movie by myself. You know, I tried to watch two movies. Sometimes, I can't remember where I was. But I had the opportunity to watch two movies in the cinema and I was I was getting agitated. I think it was a movie, it was a double header in Globe right before Globe closed down. Hmm. And by the time the first movie was done, I was like, wait, boy, I still am here. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I was excited, man. If you start what? If you start in the afternoon, you're coming out in the dark. Yeah. In the night, that's right. And I was like, whoa. Oh, I was on you were saying something else? Yeah, I was gonna ask something else. Um, mm-hmm. based on the three responses, yes, I, I sense deep emotional trauma. Yeah, that 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 the response, I mean, being young at the time could be a factor, may not have been, um, let's say, deep delving into what took place and to recover, really. Um, wh- how does that auger going forward now? I mean, men seem to feel these things at a young age very, very intensely, not to say that women don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but how does that all go well in terms of going forward now into your next relationship and your next relationship because now you're going up with a kind of God and what I've noticed in men is that that's a real real thing that, that is almost like a permanent like I don't know I, I sometimes I say we have a different relationship with pain as women yes. um, so I mean biologically everything but men don't seem to have that relationship. Like that hurts, I'm never doing that again. I'm not, even in small things, most men I know don't really like pepper. They don't, you know, any, they wouldn't be in hot water. Half my bath is scalding hot water. And then, right, the pause. But they don't love in pain. Um, so in a way, I, I always recognize that I have a lot of male friends and they always talk, just how Brendan spoke about knowing how the light came in and popcorn. It's like a really traumatic, that first <laughs> of, I mean, and it was for, for me too, I guess. My first one probably was was very traumatic, but oh my gosh, they go into depth and, and it, it, it's that kind of scarring that you wonder, okay, so how, how do you get to the point of giving yourself like that again? And do you ever? Um, do you ever is, well, I'll start, I'll start backwards and work my way back. Um, I think do you ever is definitely dependent on the individual. And so what a lot of us fail to realize is that we can unlearn behaviors. We can make decisions to be different and have different experiences. Um, we don't have to be ruled by our trauma, but a lot of us don't recognize that or it's better to be in the pain because the pain actually has some sort of connection. So I'm going to hold on to this because in some strange way, it still means I'm connected to that person. This experience still has me connected to that person. That's why we keep messages. That's why we don't delete pictures. Like, you know, well, now we have that. Of course, back then, it's just the memory of the light streaming in. And you're right. <laughs> you're right, Angle. Sorry, Brenda. But I do think it is a lot of, you know, it, it has, it, the individual has to do a lot of work. They have to recognize that, hey, this is something that I need to work through. Um, they have to make a decision that they want to be different and they don't want to let that control what happens. Now, we do have residual effects of trauma. All of us do. As we move into new relationships and experiences, you still have things left over from the past. And now it's a protection thing. You know, self-defense mechanism, survival of the fittest. So I think part of the reason why it hurts so deeply and it's seared into them and to their brains into their hearts is because it takes a lot for them to give that in the first place you know for them to decide i'm gonna let this guard down and let you in and allow myself to be vulnerable with you 
You're right, even as a teenager, because remember, that's not how our men are socialized, right? So when they decide that they're gonna do that, and then you violate that trust, you betray that. How you know? How am I supposed to move forward from that? That is honestly why a lot of men, not all, and it does not excuse it in any way, shape, or form. But that's why a lot of men end up being quote unquote baddest because they are determined to not let anybody get that close to hurt them that deeply again. How are some of the fellas? Like I hit the nail on the head. I far from it. Yeah, Jill, you're a boss, and you know I'll say you're a boss, right? Because you only want you only want talking to me. <laughs> and you somehow manage to, you know, unlock them little boxes that you, you, you bury stuff in and then burn the house down around <laughs> it and then sell the property and move to the next country. That is tell you how far you just put that stuff, right? <laughs> and what I just realized was I hate Disney movies. And I was trying to think, I, when I mean, I loathe. Association. I loathe Disney movies. I I to, I'm getting mad now to tell you how much I just not on Disney movies. And it's not because of how the, what they're telling people cheering and what they're right. pushing. It's because Pocahontas was one of the two movies. I sit on here and I'm like, what? wait, what oh, you remember movie? now? Yes. Because you ask, what was the movie? Yeah. And now I, I was like, <laughs> what was the movie? <laughs> What was the movie? Two things. I stopped going to cinema and then, bam, I hated a certain kind of movie. Even People. I love them songs until then, you know. I love them People. songs, you know. And then... Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Can you? Look all the... All every tree and something I create here. Who never knew. Who never knew. Who never knew. Have you ever heard of... That is why we doesn't say nothing, right? That's why we do That's why we do contest nothing. Because you know what? I share in. I share in and all of a sudden now DJ Hate. Six Hate. In the corner here. Singing the whole song. But it's you and me, yes? But I think I'm just... 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 I'm you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I share what Carlos say uh, because it's, it's like, I, I mean, I'm going to use a phrase from the young people. I, for two years, I was walking around with Black Air Force energy. Like, That's just, too young for me. Yeah, yeah that's already like, young boy. Thank you, Ruana. Thank you. You know? Yeah, he he right It's because you, you don't know how to deal with it. You don't have the tools. You know, although I had older cousins, older friends, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not horny if you take it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're in it, it's like, yeah. your world is being crushed. And it's like, I don't ever want to feel like this kid. Yeah. Oh, and then they go to another extreme, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah. something yeah. just now. You said the way we perhaps socialize. And one of the questions a friend gave me was, well, all of us here went to so-called prestige schools, right? Do you all think because the way we were brought up in our teenage years, being cut, like quote unquote separated for the most part, especially I think, um, not sure about you, the, the boys, but in convent, we were, it was really rigid. You know, the interaction between the boys and girls, it, it was that, that separation. Do you all think that that plays a role in the way in which, you know, the way we, we have become? And do you think if we were socialized better to be like, okay, there's nothing to be afraid of with the interaction between boys in those teenagers, that it may not have been this traumatic? Just a question. I, I am jumping this the time. Place, because <laughs> I, 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 this question, Jay. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I could jump in and answer this as well. Yes, Aaron. Um, I would always say the best school that I went to was Marabella Senior Comprehensive. Not, no, no offense, I love Presentation College, but I got the best schooling at Marabella Senior Comprehensive because it gave me more socialization skills than just an education, right? It was the first co-ed school that I ever went to. I went to San Fernando Boys RSC for seven years and prayers for five. And when I went to Marabella the first day, and I walked in and saw females in school, I did not know how to act. Because it's like, I'm accustomed to only men. What am I supposed to do? And that, that year that I was there taught me so much. You know, I, I learned how to interact with females, the things that you can and cannot say because you know, you're accustomed with the fellas, you're talking any level of strippiness. You're saying whatever comes to mind. And then with women, then now you have to be cognizant. 
you know, I can't say this. I can't act that. I, I can't, you know, can't calling. One of the things I hate now is because I experienced the effects of it at Marabella Senior. So yes, socialization would play a huge role, but it, for me personally, it, it, it gave me a new level of education, which I was open to. And then, well, afterwards going to university. Yeah. And the first day of university, I will never forget in the subject that I so loved sociology. The lecturer in the 10th minute of class, I distinctly remember it, it was sunny outside, said that <laughs> men come to school to get their BSc and women come to school to get their MRS. I was one of the, the three males in that class and I felt the hate from the female students that morning. And then, and then I also, it went further into realizing that this socialization between males and females is a lot deeper than just the surface. So socialization plays a huge part because being around fellas all the time will only give you one perspective. But when you get out into the real world, trust me, it's something totally different. Yeah. Again, now I retreat into my little corner because I don't want no prayers, man. Said that about to the school. Yeah. Brandon, yeah. saying that you you did A's at Benedict, right? So yeah, you would have I, had that that interaction with the girls from then. Yeah, I mean, as that's such an interesting question because if I think about it, I, I, I had to say there's that that interaction at the levels really was important because. Like, even though in primary school, you kind of mix, but everybody kind of, you know, whatever. But at, at the levels, it was more like you kind of learn how to kind of calm down a little bit. Right? So, I mean, how we used to greet each other in school is, hey, a man see you, he might run across the yard, stamp you in your back, you fall, you cut your hand, and you hug up, because that's, that's how love is, right? Um, and, like, so, when, I mean, I, I can reference this, because Sian here, she's in the room with us. Uh, when Sienna and them came into school, uh, my wife actually um, did A levels with us, uh, my heart. So, so she is like, you know, is like, you know how to conduct yourself because they used to, the, the girls in school, as much as they used to facilitate the wine, they used to be like, yo, just kind of, you know, in their own way, kind of calm us down a little bit. So that that socialization was important, I must say. That. And there's something to it, there is something to it, I'll be honest. I could, I could support what Brendan is saying. From the experience of, of doing A levels at St. Benedict, coming from convent, which was two extremes. Um, and for me, it was important too, because it is, as Maria said, a very, very controlled environment in convent. And then you have just girls. So these things you would get away with. We could anywhere we all know that we would literally plop ourselves down i don't know if it was like that after i left whatever but we our conduct was just real like it's only girls right fix your clothes whatever um so it had some similar um simple things like that right but then there were there were bigger things they were like i guess in a way realizing that if you interact differently with the opposite sex like very very differently um sensing in a way what Brendan described in terms of like there's a karma element when we're around right um you sense that that the guys would be trying at least to be a little bit more reasonably behaved and gentlemen and then you hear um stories like you hear the present the form five selling these who now in form six like well if you only anything now you know and you'd sense that they were different before and you'd always hear about who do this in form five and it's like crazy stories and there's not these fellas we know now, you know? So you sense that, that there was a little bit of, of, of a change now that the girls were around. And then as an educator, um, I teach only, I teach boys, I teach at an all-boys school. Prior to that, I, I taught at an all-girls school convent, um, Cooper. Um, and then my first, like, OJT was in a co-ed, right? And there's a huge difference. And at first, my convent prejudice, I guess, was that, you know, it would be more chaotic in the co-ed, but it was actually so very different. And it's exactly true what Brendan said, 
the girls tend to, to calm the boys and literally um, they might come in hot and sweaty and then they'd calm down. One, because some girls now watch them like, look at you, listen. Or the boys would be more, and I know that as a mature teacher now, the boys would be more aware of how they answer questions. You get deeper responses when the girls are around because they're pushing themselves now because the narrative, these girls come in, you know, and, and now I have to show that I'm not stupid. I can hold my own. And then finally, in schools where they were, they, I guess they're lower performing, it works differently. The boys don't respond because they can't possibly allow themselves to be embarrassed in front of a girl. So you'd find the, the boys who are challenged behave badly. They would do macho stuff, push the chair, try to disrupt class because getting down into academics is going to, that's the place where I look bad. I'm not the best. So I'm going to disrupt because I have girls here and I'm not going to be embarrassed. So there's a lot of, I guess, in terms of what Maria said, socialization is a big part of it. But I think it's important to have some kind of co-ed experience because we're dealing with a lot of people who go out into the world from, from only girls, primary school, into secondary school. And then they go to university and it's like, what? So I have a cousin who, that was her experience, primary school, secondary school, she went to NAPS. And then she told me when she had to, she was doing social work and she had to work with, I think, national security or lots of guys. And she's like, I don't understand them. I don't, I don't. And she was ready well, to give, like, I can't, no wonders. I can't do this. I can't do this. You know? No wonders. But yeah. uh, Tiana, I just wanted to jump in there because I went to a different convent. I went to Holy Faith in Penal. So we, because we, we were in Penal, there's very few options in terms of misbehaving. We didn't have a promenade to be on and you know that possibly risked the reputation of the school so i feel like we did not have a strict um you know a strict uh controls so to speak right there were very high expectations yes but we didn't have that and then the other part of it for me was extracurricular activity so i'm actually surprised to hear aaron speak about that when i know he was in press choir and that was a mixed choir brendan was in the youth group and that was a mixed group you know, so for me, like I went on all those primary school, I went to all those secondary school, but I always felt balanced, even without a co-ed experience, because I was involved in mixed extracurricular activities. I was always up on the brand and them in your group as a little sister. So I felt, you know, I, I didn't feel I never felt like I was uncomfortable, you know. But so when I spoke about socialization, I guess that's good, Maria, in terms of bringing it down to education, because that is an important point because you some really good ones but I you know I, I guess in terms of just the whole culture of you know quote-unquote men not supposed to be soft your boy child fall down and they say oh gosh you know just shake it off but the girl falls down and you're like oh gosh honey come you know and you cuddle so I think now having gone through that you know men are expected to be quote-unquote tough and and you know showing any feeling is, is considered soft so now when you get you allow your walls to come down and you let this this girl in she's the best thing ever and then she makes you hate disney movies forever you know <laughs> it's like all right well then what's what's the point why do this again i don't like this feeling i don't want i don't want to go here again so anna verana has any similar experiences or any questions along those lines or maybe something totally different i don't have I don't have many good things to say about the convent experience, so I will um, I will not engage deeply on this one, uh, except that I had a co-ed primary school experience, and I think that set me up for life. I I, I didn't feel uh, by the time I got to university, I didn't feel as if I I you know couldn't really to be in a classroom setting with. Um, guys or men or anything like that. But I have a lot to say about content, but there's not the episode for that. But I have a question though. Yo, 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 can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, man quick? Um, I want to attest to the fact that you could tell that Toya, sorry, <clears throat> let me use your government name, Rana socialized differently. Like, I, I went to all boys schools and then I end up in a confirmation class that was 120 something girls. And like 14 fellas 
So that was my socialization process. I that's why I was like, yo, um, wow, way more of them than us. So here to catch now. When I go down the road after school, I know all these girls. These fellas who pent up in this block for however long, running outside like pumpek in the road. And I go down the road like, yo, these are girls that I see on weekends and we hang out and you know, we I be I got female friends, and that seriously shaped how differently I treated women because women weren't this thing that I was deprived of and then had to seek one socially. It was a case of I, was, I had friendships. You know, we, we we developed different understandings and communication styles and I, I my, my, my adolescence was around women in a way that a lot of my compatriots would not have been around women. So one of the things that I got from that was, yo, as much as I hate Disney, and I, will, I was never going back to the cinema. I also did not want to do that to anybody else. So two things happened. One, I swore I was never going to do somebody that one. And two, <laughs> I, I just refused to get into relationships. That was one of the side effects of it. It was like, you know what? You can't horn if you're not dealing. And that was a negative consequence. And But the thing is, that's something that a lot of fellas never grew out of. We have generations of men now who saying, well, we wasn't really together anyway. Um, well, you, yeah, we like each other, but we're not official. And skirting the boundaries of what's acceptable and not acceptable in a relationship because you're in an undefined relationship. In a situationship. A situationship. And, yo, I did that stupidness for like a two or three years because I was going through my darkness healing process. But I also made sure that I didn't get into I let everybody know hey, you're going on. You see this boyfriend, girlfriend thing that's all they're talking about? That not looking like it working for me. We could enjoy each other's company, you know, um, as socially responsibly as we could. But I know about this boyfriend, girlfriend thing, and I ain't lie to tell you, in my teens, none of them bad boys work out in my favor. It was a case of there was always some kind of learning opportunity to come from it. But it was also tempered by the fact that I was still in environments where there are a lot of women that I can engage with in a normal social manner. So, yeah, I didn't have the mixed, the co-ed experience, but I also got opportunities to have that co-ed education. Right. So, I, think, I think that's really important, Cardo, in terms of as a parent, you have a child who's going to a, a non-co-ed, single-sex school, um, that's something that you have to push yourself to, to make sure that our child is exposed to the opposite gender. Um, and I, I, since I teach in our boys' school, I always tell parents that because the few times we see them interact with the opposite sex, you see the need for it to figure things out. So, you know, forget their bearings before they leave that crucial phase of their lives. So for me, I have only cousins, male cousins. I'm the only girl in the whole generation. So boys, and then I was the one girl who was in Cub Scouts. I didn't join Brownies um, because of that. So going to convents was me like, oh, okay, girls, okay, girls, figure it out. Not wild, not, you know. Uh, and then getting the balance was, was Benedict's. And then, you know, so I got a balance. It's true. Having those outer, outside experiences, whether it's church, youth group, et cetera, it was so important to kind of balance your perspective of how to deal with the other, the other set. Um, it's really Ruana, important for teenagers. Ruana looked like she had a zinger and I really want to hear it. Yeah, what's in the face? Yeah. <laughs> she was prepared to jump over that question. Hey, damn there, Ruana. No, I have a question. I have a question. Since we, um, it's tangentially related to this topic of infidelity, um, I want to ask our male hosts here this evening, would you ever consider being in a polyamoric relationship oh no no wait let me finish no. let me oh finish. okay sorry 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 my bad. A woman speak. relationship and just to give some context and what i mean when i say polyamory not a relationship where you as the man are able to have other relationships on the side one where there's a mutual understanding and not not an open relationship right because an open relationship is we together, but we could sleep with other people. I mean, a polyamoric situation where we together, but hear what, baby, if, um, you know, 
you would think that I'm not providing a particular need for you because, you know, one person cannot satisfy all of your needs, 100% of your needs. And if you think I am not satisfying one of your needs, you're free to go and get it satisfied elsewhere and vice versa. I will do the same on the basis of a mutual respect and understanding. So it's not a warning thing. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not coming from a place of, well, I mean, it could come from a place of vice because maybe one partner, you know, into some kind of BDSM and the other partner isn't. So it's like, well, I hear with you and we here together, but you see the BDSM thing, go outside and do that, right? So, you know, like you can have different variations, but the basis of polyamory is consent mutual well understood concept so would you ever consider that kind of relationship i, I don't know I, I i don't live life with a higher level of understanding i i'm sorry i i can't, I can't. oh i should not focus it i can't <laughs> I, I, I can't i'm sorry like i could i can remember the smell of bottle, bottle popcorn i can't right me and you, you know, we in this together and we going down the road and we fighting up and we might disagree, we agree, but let's try and make it work because that 20% is, is the dark side of, of wants and needs. I, I, I don't know. Right. I'll, leave, I'll let them other fellas answer. Yeah, I already say no, and I will reinforce that no. And the reason I'm saying that too is because, Jay, let me explain something to you. Right? I do not play well with others, you know. As I have social skills, but it's not my natural inclination. I will pay for the whole back seat in a taxi to go point. I'm sorry, I'm not on that sharing thing. Give me a chance. Ease me up there, big man. If we're set if I share in my back seat with you, I don't want somebody else in our backseat with you and me. We're trying to be comfortable going down the road. And all of a sudden, my leg and them jam up one side and I holding on to the old shit bar. And the window had a wine dog and had a permitting outside. My arm outside just to be comfortable in a space with somebody else. That as far as I concerned, I didn't cater for. So that consent thing, I totally respect the fact that there are people who choose to do that that way. My issue is, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, I want us to be able to jump in this car and go to a point comfortably. And it's already going to be hard enough for the two of us. I don't know how much other passengers I could um, deal with for us to reach where we go in together comfortably. Now, that's just one side of it. The other side of it for me is that, listen, if you could satisfy needs in a relationship by outsourcing, well, then pretty much all I have an opportunity to do is become over-specialized in whatever I am providing. You're not giving me any room to grow in the relationship because you know what? Babe, listen, you like fancy dinners. I am a man like doubles. So if now to do something for you, I acclimatize myself with fancy restaurants and menus and putting on um soft shoes and all those types of things because that's what you into. You've given me an opportunity to grow as a person. But if I don't ever have to do that because you could outsource and go to whatever fancy name restaurant it is you want to go to, and I could sit down and eat my um doubles with, you know, Miss Lady who likes shit doubles. Neither of us have that particular capacity, well, that that that, that opportunity to grow in the relationship to further satisfy your partner's needs. So I real good. I will pay for the whole back seat. You want to ride a maxi? You go ahead. That's just my thing. I look into reach where I go in with somebody comfortably. I'm not on that squeeze up thing again. Especially some of them people just wind up the window and I play hot, hot, hot and all kind of thing. And then big man, let me get a small squeeze. No, I pay for the seat. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Is the coffee finished and I put something else in the cup now. Sorry. I, I got the Aaron thoughts. I'm a master here. Ni ah, na, ni, no, nien. Any other language you want to tell? You're good, you're good. But let me hear the explanation. Um, one plus one equals two. That is my explanation right there. One plus one equals two. And no synergy in this. Where the sum of the parts is more than or equal to the sum of the whole. Mm-hmm. 
You're not on a throttle life. No, not 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 on a throttle life. The, they have some hot throttles out there, no? I the, on, the only the only throttle I want is the triple and doubles or three tacos on the plate. Wow. So you know what? Oh no, I can't. Oh, these rules. All right. You know what? I would have loved to ask what were your thoughts on it, but since I've been banned from responding to questions with questions, I guess I'll just have to let one of my co-hosts no. ask it. No, 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 no. no. The ladies in charge. Let them run the show. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if if JL or Sierra Maria has a take on this. I think Aaron captured my mood. Fully, fully. Yeah, I am um, similar. Similarly to Ricardo, I I don't I don't share well with others. So me as well. It's a no for me. I am not on that. You're not to add it, right? Jill knows how much I I love kiss cakes, right? Kiss cakes, come. No, oh, come on. I love that. Obsessed. <laughs> what kiss- color do you like, Aaron? Pink. The pink. That was my favorite. That was my favorite. It right? Is, uh, yeah. Kiss cakes come in pairs. I and share. Yeah, what about, about goodie though? You would need, you would need, you would need Dan, two, two, three goodies. Goodie, goodie's not the pink kiss cake. Good goodie. What he wants. Nope, but you see, they make the pink kiss cake with the goodie now. now. If you understand. So you had a goodie with the icing. Icing it. So I eaten that too. But it's one and I eaten it by myself. I ain't sharing it. No advertising for Kistel. Yeah. <laughs> Unless of course they're interested. And then so, we can talk that talk. <laughs> well, I have another. Maria, oh, go ahead, Maria. Was that? Have you, Ruan, she asked the question. What do you think? Oh, might be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for me it's not a hard no. Okay, it's not a hard no. Um, I think that in the context of relationships generally, I, I subscribe to the idea that your partner kind of satisfy you in every single way imaginable and i think that's natural in human interaction because even with your friends like you know different groups of friends you know think about it in a in a in a platonic sense you have different friends with different things you have your card friends you have your your museum and arts friends you have your movie friends you know you have different friends for different things that you're interested in and all of that is a part of you and there's no question about which which set you like more or which set you like less or anything like that so i mean it's not a perfect analogy because we're not talking about extracurricular activities here we're talking about our actual intimate relationship uh i would say that i've never been in a position to try it in terms of trying to have an intimate relationship with more than one person at a time while the person I was with was also having an intimate relationship with more than one person at a time and I could see that it can get confusing and a little bit ridiculous in some ways but I think in terms of life experiences and I'm thinking about life experiences I wouldn't just take it off the table as I will never um, I think that um, from, you know, what I've read about polyamory and people who subscribe to a polyamoric lifestyle, um, there's a lot that could be learned from them in terms of how they approach relationships and the value they place on honesty and the value they place on, well, individual needs, which I think kind of gets lost in the, in the whole rhetoric around well, you know, monogamy, one life partner forever. I, I find that you kind of lose the idea that a relationship is also supposed to be able to contribute to individual growth of both people who are in the relationship. It's not just about two becoming one, it's also about, you know, me becoming more me and you becoming more you and us, you know, being in relationship but still maintaining a space where that could happen. 
So, and that's very much at the heart of the, the polyamoric approach. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Um, mm. And so, yeah, for me, it's not, it's not a hard no. I, I, I also, I'm an only child. Sharon does not come naturally to me. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say hell no. Now, it's easy for me to drop a hard no because you know what? If it wasn't for the fact that my partner is an exceptional person, I I would have been single and I would have, I would have lived single. I real good on that, you know. I'm not wired with the innate need for companionship and that type of thing. It's listen, it's weird. Anybody who know me well enough know I weird. And the premise is like there's a thing that thanks for that, Aaron. Thanks. You know why I didn't just hold up a sign? Why didn't just all of us sign? Anyway, so what happens is um it's yeah I <laughs> wait is a crap of what I'm writing. So what going on is um I that drive for companionship and thing that people have I don't really have it. So you know what um if to me is like if I, he is weird. Thanks for that, Aaron. Nice sign by the way. Nice, thanks. I think, uh, and you know, anyway, I will deal with you on any of our multiple other platforms. So what's happening is, if it wasn't for the fact that this woman is exceptional, I'd not be single. I would not be looking for nothing. I would not be, they're, they're, for me, I, I grin. I've been growing my entire life. I will be growing. So I totally get where it is coming from, where um, even in a relationship, I am a huge advocate for establishing and maintaining your own identity. Yeah. externally and within the relationship i am sorry if you do not have friends we have a problem if you do not have if you don't if you can't tell me what you like about life what it is you like to do and that type of thing now you actually put me in a position where you're gonna be heavily dependent on whatever contribution i could make to your fulfillment and i know if that is what i sign up for you know is that yo anyway that's I just saying that I get what you're saying, and a lot of people are using um well not using but are finding in polyamory something that they're not finding in monogamy because a lot of the monogamy right now is unhealthy. There's no denying that people um people uh, just taking what they're getting, and there's not everybody wired to be like, Jared, it's not good enough, so nothing better than that. I would live like that. I have lived like that, and. God forbid I have to live like that again. That's what it will be. But I will I good. I good. I will do I will do it nothing rather than a bad thing. You know, or part of something. It either is or it isn't. As um it's like being pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. You know, is it's like we either in it or we not. It's like, you know, we either working on something or we not. There is it's not an absolute thing per se. It's just a case of is there's no no showing us cats, you know. There's a case uh listen, <laughs> we gonna open the box and figure out whether this cat's alive or dead. We either in or we out. And if we in, well then yes, you had the best you and I had to be the best me so that we could have the best us. And in the absence of either of us, we'll still be our best version of ourselves because we grew together. Not all your hobbies are what I introduce. All your likes are my likes. Your favorite movies is whatever I into at a point in time. Your friends are only my friends. That is dangerous. What happens when I die? What happens when you die? All your, your identity is gone. Your life revolves around when we somebody. When we break up. And that is what... Listen. I'm just saying. It, there's codependencies. I think plenty of people need to check the equilibria, equi, equi, equilibrium <laughs> and talk to somebody about Equilibrium. You'll get it. Yeah. So just kind and, of and talk to somebody about it. But, so oh, sorry. Kind of sorry. Going off on, on Ruana's point a little bit, um, based on what Ricardo said, um, you know, he, he mentioned that if his partner was not exceptional, that he would have still been single. So a question that I got from one of, of my friends was why do some men use some use women as rehab centers and they don't think they're good enough to be that person for so they'll treat you terribly. But the next woman, the very next woman, gets the best. Gets it, yeah, she gets the best of the best. Why is that? Um, hurt people as hurt people. <laughs> you asking or uh, I tell <laughs> I, I can tell. Um, because at the days when I used to wear black Air Force ones, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's like uh, how to put it. Uh, I remember having a conversation with someone telling them, listen. 
I am what your mother warned you about. Ooh. Stay away from me. I am that guy right now. Please don't. Don't like me. Don't. Don't, 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 don't. And that didn't happen. That was never gonna happen with us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was like that was an invitation to come. Like me, that, more. that is that that that, that is what you do. Better you hold up a sign saying, "Look me here, we." Look me here. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let me shut up and let. But the man sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes, Brendan, it's not that. Like you, you know, it seems like you were always more or less, you know, kind of self-aware. You had a, you know, a good degree of self-awareness. But most men. At that, you know, younger or maybe you know, let me rephrase. A lot of men, they don't have that level of self-awareness. Ever so, in life. yes, ever in life. So they're not going to be like, you know, I'm not good for you. Like that. Some men will do that because I have I have adopted brothers who will be like, you know what, the girls, the women need to make informed decisions. So I just tell them, I tell them, yo, I'm not leaving my woman, you know, right? So good mass. Yes, some people wear really good masks very true you know so a lot, some, a lot of men are not gonna say yeah you know i'm not in a place to be that person for you or if they say it it may just be a front as to why they don't want to commit right so other other men they like yeah you know like this is what i want but then they give you surface and then when you break up with that person it's like the very next person like yeah you know i want to i want to be better for you like do you know anybody like that have you had those experiences can you answer the question why that might be? Yeru, yeah, Anna. Now I was asking, have, have any of them been that guy? I yeah, to... yeah. Uh, I, I, I cannot sell myself out, so I'm um, letting myself go down for that one. Let me show myself on a sold fabric and um, <laughs> recoup, bro, recoup. All right, so here's what's happening, right? I've been many people. I am not, I am a villain to many people. I've been a villain to many people. I've grown from a certain place the people who are around me in that place were components of my growth and i am sorry you know what let me let me let me drop it how it is you have to change your bandages it's just that simple you have to change your bandages and unfortunately sometimes a component of healing uh has a a a, a limited um viability at the end of the day you have to change your bandage now you're not gonna take your good sunday shirt and make rags and burn up your blood you wouldn't wear that shirt until it heal the fact remains is if you've positioned yourself bandagedly you will be treated as rags well i am waiting to hear where this analogy is going um Only one to him. Only one to him. Brendan given the sign. Brendan given the sign. Only one to him. Super show sage. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I'm saying is, and I'm, the thing is, I'm being honest because this may not be nice to hear, but it is the truth. Men, women, people who are hurt will oh. use whatever is available to stop the hemorrhaging. Now, I may not use a Sunday shirt to stop the bleeding. But that don't mean that somebody else can go do it. People will use whatever mm-hmm. is available to treat their wound. Having been soiled by what it has been exposed to, you cannot use it in the function that it was originally designed for. So you have to discard it. So what will end up happening is if I am bleeding to death and the only thing to stop this bleeding happens to be a Sunday best, well then, you know what? I'll have to rock a t-shirt after. Because my Sunday best get used for something that it was not necessarily designed for, but it was there. That's called the Halle Berry Paradox. Well, I'll give the explanation next time. No, no, you jump back in. I think that sword I follow nearly decapitate me. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, the perception of, of someone who meets all their criteria and beautiful mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, um, successful and X and Y and Z, and some men, because they heal, will still step out. Um, yeah. And if if it is you know, if you pick up any signs, you need to run. I mean, I'll tell you straight, you need to run because there's nothing, there's almost nothing you could do to stop that. Mm-hmm. That person had to heal on their own sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes they may say the right thing at the right time, and it kind of works out. 
Yeah. But if that person still in the process of healing, mm, 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 mm. true. Yo, you see how mad people got when even the idea of being a disposable rag came into play? Nobody want to hear that. So I wasn't mad. I was just that? trying to see where you were going with the analogy. Nobody ain't gonna tell nobody from the get go. Do you know what? In fact, we'll tell people from the get go. Like, girl, I know in a place for this, you know. It's all right. I'll be here for you. <laughs> okay. That does not work. Okay. I, I wanna hear. I wanna hear here. I'm not telling it. I don't. I'm not. I, I don't really. I'm not looking for this kind of thing, you know, because you see what has happened to me. I real good. Or in fact, let me buy. Let my behavior show you that I'm not in a place for that. Move. Run. Save yourself. No, no, he 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 vulnerable and he needs somebody to and I will okay yo, just do this bleeding out and all he will do is stuff the wound with what is available, and then what is available after that? Well, you could put on to go out, but you know what? It's cool. Why do we do it? Sometimes it's because people ignore the fact that we are saying I am bleeding out and I don't want to use you. People ignore it. People ignore it because you know what? Feelings could change. Feelings could change, you know, give him time. You know, this is good enough for me for right now. You know, we have we have an understanding, you know, is is people will be like, yo, um, I just looking for okay, yeah, fine, me too, sure. And then when feelings get involved, brother man, getting a little better on the healing part, you know, but he not seeing you like that anymore. You're not gonna be like, well, she's been with me through it. And I'm going to stick with her. No, that is not what he signed up for with that particular resource or individual. So it's hard to hear it, but a lot of it has to do with being ignored when we say, I'm not a good idea. But you know what, Iran, um, Iran you, can't, you can't stay out of this one. I, I, I already think I should. Yeah, you know what, unfortunately, the show is not working like that, right? I think I should have stick to coffee, but it's too late for that too. <laughs> um, honestly, I have, I, I'll be totally open and transparent here. I have been the hurt person coming out of a relationship and I was offered that shoulder to cry on. And I told the person, no, I don't think I'm ready for that. Cool, thanks, right? Thanks, but no thanks. And it was insisted, no, I'm just here for you. I'm just here for you. I'm just here for you. And I keep saying, thanks, but no thanks. Because I tried my best. I have seen friends go through it. So I try not to put people through it. But there are persons that no matter how much you tell them, thanks, but no thanks, they still present themselves as a viable option. Right? I'm not going to get myself in trouble by saying this, but there's one person in particular, every time I go through a breakup, she presents herself as a shoulder to cry on. And I keep saying, thanks, but no thanks. And no matter how much I say thanks, but no thanks, they still present themselves as that option. And I, I just never understood it until what I just heard. You're welcome. I wasn't saying that for you, but okay. But you know Nothing. that principle—that <laughs> principle of thanks but no thanks. It sometimes it doesn't reach to the recipient of the message. They just take it as now nah, he'll turn around tomorrow, or next week he'll turn around, or next month when he start to feel a little bit better. But sometimes when thanks but no thanks is said, that is exactly what is meant. You know, Aaron, what you say there reminds me of something, you know. Uh, people are prideful. So you know what happens? People, will, somebody will hear, I'm not looking for anything with anybody right now. But what they will receive is, they're not special enough for you to change your mind. And I am. So if I stick around long enough, you'll see me for the value that I have. Um, I've been real. Some, like a lot of, for for women, a lot of women say how a man needs to have X amount of items on that checklist. Right? For me personally, I wouldn't say I have a checklist, but there are things that I look for. If you, that person could have all those things on that, that of what I'm looking for, but still not be the person that I want to be with or want to engage in anything with. 
because for me I treasure friendship more than relationships what what Ricardo yo this is me listening attentively this is me attentively listening to the seeing that you are doing I want to know why they're laughing though I want to know why Brendan laughing (laughs) right now but that's me i treasure friendships more than relationships so if i tell you thanks but no thanks in my moment of grief my lowest moment please respect that because i am saving us the friends from destroying the bond that we have built as friends 